Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another season of Rally Caps. We're very excited to announce that we have a sponsor. And it is Musicbed, our favorite place to license music for videos online. That was good. That was pretty good. Stick around to listen to music on Musicbed on Rally Caps. <laughs> Let's go. Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps, a podcast for the creative entrepreneur building a business for the long haul. Today, we are joined by Rob Abasalo, owner of the Rob Built YouTube channel, currently based in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Rob and his wife Ashley started their young married lives in Kansas City after longing for change and craving a hip metropolitan lifestyle with access to some of the best food imaginable. They made the leap and ventured to LA. Having saved up enough for a down payment on a house, they did the impossible and bought a home in California. To offset the Cali home expenses, they quickly started renting out the garden apartment of their house on Airbnb. And shortly after, Rob built a tiny home in their backyard with his own bare hands. Fast forward a few years, Rob is now building an Airbnb empire around the globe with a variety of properties ranging from tiny homes, cabins, tents, and yurts to tree houses, bomb shelters, submarines, and sheds. Ranging from Los Angeles to Joshua Tree, Wisconsin to Tennessee, and Russia to Jeffrey Epstein's Island. In a matter of a few years, Rob took himself from a small salary paying job to now grossing over a million dollars in one year, which is equivalent to roughly 90,000 Chipotle burritos, which might be a more preferred form of payment for him. Is that all correct, Rob? That is mostly correct. Wow, I was impressed. Um, I liked the exact most of the exaggerations, um, and the Chipotle math uh, back back of the napkin that adds up, man. Yeah, I, I made sure that that math checked out because I knew you were gonna do that in your head after I said it. <laughs> yes, ha happy to be here. Sorry, is there more to your intro? I don't want to. No, I kinda <laughs> that was, that was the like, longest one I've ever done. <laughs> I I always forget like. Now, I, see, I'm very new to podcasts, so the whole like, you know, be polite, and then you like, you you sit there and you you listen to the other people talk, and then and then you're like, my turn, yes, and then me, and then I'm always like scared to like interrupt, so now I'm like, I'm just saying, I apologize in advance, and then I'll get caught up <laughs> listening to y'all, and then you're gonna look at me, and I'm gonna be like, oh, that's right, we're oh, doing oh, a yeah. podcast, <laughs> man. Well, okay, so. I said a lot of things, but I'm, I feel like I'm even, we are even leaving more out on all the things that you do. So are you able to fill in some of those gaps a little bit? I touched a bit on Kansas City to LA, but maybe just kind of filling in the gaps from there to where you are now. Absolutely, man. So it was a dark wintry night in 1989. <laughs> um, no. um, yeah, man. So I, I went to college at University of Texas and I majored in creative advertising and I started my career in Kansas City. I, I was in advertising and at the time I, I really felt like that was my dream job. It, it was. It really was. Like I, I wanted to live the life of an ad man because I, I just thought it was such a cool thing to create commercials and, and really I kind of think of it as like creative revenge a little bit because I had mm. so many jingles that, that have like that have stuck with me since I was a kid and I was like man I'm gonna do that to someone else I'm gonna make them remember my jingles um, 
So I broke it into advertising that way, but that was a weird. Phrase. It really wasn't. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we'll just edit that out. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, move, moving forward, uh, I started, uh, you know, trying to always have little side hustles here and there. I started a woodworking business in Kansas City, and I would always document those different like projects on Instagram and everything. And uh, people really took to that type of stuff really, really well. And they always encouraged me and they said, man, you got to start a channel and you need your own HGTV show and this and that. And so, mm. you know, I, I, that was, was always a nice thing that I always heard. And so I wanted to start a YouTube channel for a while, uh, but advertising, not paying the bills. Uh, so what we did was we made the very smart decision being highly broke and <laughs> in student debt. And we said, Hey, why don't we move from like this really affordable city, Kansas city and like, <laughs> Buy a house that's like four times the cost and like a city that's significantly more expensive. I mean, that's probably going to work out. Um, it it kind of, I mean, it did. And I'm really glad that we did. Um, so I moved to LA. I, I got a really big raise in, in my career at that time. And so it really did actually help a little bit at the time. Um, and we bought a house and I had to make the decision if I was going to break my lease or uh, yeah, pay $2,000 basically to break it mm. or if I was going to stick it out. And I told my wife, I was like, man, I heard about this thing. It's called Airbnb. You rent your house out to strangers. What's the worst that could happen? And she was like, oh boy, here's another one of your crazy ideas. And I was like, <laughs> look, this one's crazy, but I'm pretty sure it's going to work. And she was like, all right. And so we bought this house. I ended up putting that apartment on Airbnb. Uh, that apartment ended up really turning things around for me financially in, in a way that I never expected just in that it was somewhat of a, um, a catalyst to the rest of my financial success. Hmm. And so as I started making a little bit of money, I was like, wow, what if I had 10 of these? And that was really the beginning of it all. And so hmm. I bought this house I had a studio apartment under that house. That was 300 square feet, started Airbnb being that that was paying 50 to 75% of my mortgage. And I was like, like we got to do this again. I was yep. like, what if we built a tiny house in my backyard? And Ash was like, uh, but you don't know how to do that. And I was like, I know, but it's going to be fine. <laughs> and I built this tiny house. I thought it was going to take me two weeks. Cost me $40,000 is what I thought. And what it actually ended up taking was 13 months and it was $72,000. So <laughs> a lot of hard lessons along the way. A little different. Uh, and for, I'm going to do the thing now where I'm going to let y'all say, well, hey, let's unpack that a bit, but um, I'll <laughs> shut up now. What's up? Did, did that answer your question a little bit? That was did great. I, did I fill in those gaps? <laughs> no, that was perfect. I mean... <laughs> I was wondering with the, the 300 square foot apartment below, were you like in a neighborhood where that was like a good place to be in LA for Airbnb or is it just kind of like a random spot? Cause I know you talk about location a lot with your properties. Totally, man. Yeah. So a couple, couple of, uh, back to back home runs on, on both of those Airbnbs, like the apartment was 15 minutes away from LAX, which is the airport oh, in LA. And so very great location in that it's central to everything. The mm. house that I bought was about 10 minutes away from that. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, it should be just as good. And yeah, it's in a neighborhood. It's not necessarily like, it's not like a walking type of, you don't pop out of the house and then go like walk somewhere. And yeah. then, um, you know, so it, but for, in car though, it's a great location where, you know, 20 minutes from downtown, 20 minutes from yeah. the airport, 20 minutes from like Venice. And so, well, 20 minutes no like traffic. no traffic <laughs> right, yeah. or, or during a pan or during a pandemic <laughs> it's 20 minutes but like in any other time it, it's a little bit more but yeah you know um relatively good location and like i said you know didn't expect it to do super well like it was really scary for us to buy it was a six hundred and twenty four thousand dollar house I, I imagine we'll probably get into some of these numbers in a bit and our, our house in kansas city was one hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars 
So this house really was a lot more and we could not afford it. That's so mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like we stepped into this knowing bad financial decision. Let's go with it because that's what we do. <laughs> and um, but I, I had this sneaking suspicion that that studio apartment would make between two and three thousand dollars a month on yeah. Airbnb. And yeah. so I was like, let's roll the dice. I think this is going to work. And that, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. Um, so it, it really did help subsidize the mortgage. And that's really I say this because I had no idea what what it would become and, and how I would grow as an entrepreneur because of this, you know, these decisions that I made. And yeah, you know, I still have that house today and I miss it <laughs> <laughs> living here in, in Tennessee. It's you know, we miss home sometimes. But um, yeah, uh, that house is very special to me. That's awesome. Does does owning so many Airbnb properties all over the place give you a better idea of where that like you might want to live long term? Like, is it cool having all these spots in different places with different you know amenities or different kind of like benefits, like geographically or regionally? Like, is that like a cool way to like see the country? Also, like travel a little bit and like have a reason to like see more of the world. Yeah. So yes and no, um, and it, it depends. Hmm. So basically my dream when I was like doing all this was, Hey, if I could have, you know, 12 houses, uh, specific goal. Cause I was like, that means my wife and I could go and visit one house a month and we could just travel mm-hmm. around the country. And so that was always my goal for a really, really long time. And you know, uh, that's theoretically what the purpose was is like to travel and everything. I will say when it becomes a business, it's a lot harder to actually go and enjoy your places. Cause like, you know, like for example, I have a tiny house in Joshua tree, California, about two and a half hours from my LA house. And I was like, man, I'm going to build this. And it's like my tiny house. And we're going to escape here. We're going to, it's going to be our like getaway. And we really haven't stayed that much at that tiny house. In fact, yeah. my friends and other YouTubers have stayed longer than I have <laughs> at that <laughs> tiny house because it's a, you know, it's a churning machine. It's like automated you know, if I go stay there, I have to go turn off all my automations and coordinate with my cleaner. And, you know, it's a little bit tougher. Um, mm-hmm. And then now uh, we have two kids and we live in Tennessee and we're in the newborn state. Well, actually, we're just out of the newborn stage, which we'll get into probably later. But um, <laughs> it's nice. It's a good thing to be out of it. It was really hard for us on the second child sleep wise. But yeah. Um, but yeah, we have two kids now. So and we're in a pandemic, too. So um, very difficult to actually go and enjoy all the different Airbnbs that have accumulated and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, ideally in like a year, once like the dust settles on everything that's happened in the past, like 18 months or so, I can take some time off and just like disconnect and actually go and enjoy my properties. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. Before we get into more Airbnb stuff, is Verbo a thing? <laughs> it, uh, this is, hold on. Is this podcast sponsored by Verbo? No, definitely <laughs> not. Okay. Fantastic. It can suck. <laughs> um, uh, no, yeah, it is. It is. I would say Airbnb definitely has the market share. Um, Verbo is definitely more geared towards like getaway destinations and like bigger homes and mm. nice cottages in the mountains, okay. lake towns. Um, but I would say Airbnb definitely overtakes the market share. There are some cities where it's a little bit more split. Here in the Smoky Mountains, I would say it's a little bit more evenly split than most other places. But typically, I would mm. say Airbnb is like it's like eighty percent Airbnb, twenty yeah. percent VRBO. Okay. But there are some people that would you know argue the opposite and say, "Oh man, most of my business comes in from VRBO." Hmm. So I'm a I'm an Airbnb shill. 
Um, I, they don't really pay me for it yet. Maybe, maybe one day. I'm hoping they do. But I, I'm a big fan. I, I like them, and they've treated me well. And so, yeah, I, that's my allegiance at the moment. Did I come off as like a total noob by saying Verbo instead of VRBO? Oh, did I switch? Over? I, I, yeah, actually, I think I think you're right. I think it is Verbo. Okay. Um, I say, I say VRBO. Yeah. And then I, I was trying. I was like, well, I'm just gonna go with what Eric said, and then I forgot. So I don't know. Honestly, I don't know which one it is. But um, I get, you know, I guess while we're here, this today's podcast is brought to you by Airbnb. Uh, Use Rob's <laughs> link in the description. <laughs> Sign up with my uh, host. Yeah, I'll be your Airbnb (laughs) ambassador and I can help onboard you and blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, (laughs) Now you can live anywhere you want for one week or less. Uh, So Airbnb stock went public uh, last winter. Is I, I heard Graham Stephan talk about this not too long ago, talking about how he's so invested in YouTube because he uses it so much for his business is that something you're interested in as well? Is that something like y- you want to go that route of investing in that way too because you believe in it so much? or Like investing in the actual Airbnb yeah. company, like in mm-hmm. stock and stuff? You know, um, I've got a very <laughs> bittersweet relationship with stocks and investing yeah. at the moment. Like <laughs> this is like... I know some of this. My, gosh, it's like, it's like every time, man. Like... <laughs> I okay, so this is like the first time in, really in a long time where I've made like money to like invest and like mm-hmm. do extra things and stuff. And so this year was a great year for me. And so I was like, all right, boom, like let's buy some stocks. I'm gonna buy Airbnb. I'm gonna buy like um, Atlassian. I'm gonna buy some Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Literally, like as soon as I pumped all of those, it's just like everything went significantly uh, <laughs> south. It's all back on the rise now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know that that's one stock that I probably will never sell. Yeah, I mean, I mm. just think we're mm-hmm. we're at the very beginning of this like short-term yeah. rental industry. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I think you know that we're really at the beginning of something new when you start seeing like these Wall Street dudes and and hedge fund peeps like starting to get into the game as like giant conglomerates, which is a little frustrating in and of itself. Yeah. But mm. once that starts happening, you're like, okay, so this it's happening now, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I think for me, you know, I'm going to hold on to my stock. I'll probably always buy stock in Airbnb because, yeah, I, I think it's here. It it really did super well during the, the pandemic. Not at first, not for the fir- first couple of months for some people, but then it rebounded and it was a cash cow, the, the actual company itself. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that it's seen the worst of its days, um, the worst possible way. And mm. it th- something that no one ever expected. So yeah. I, I just feel like if it could kind of get through that then it's going to be here for a while. So true. Totally. It definitely proved its resilience in all of that. I feel like, I don't know, I'm, I'm very new to the world of Airbnb also, but you have how many properties currently on Airbnb? It's 11? I have 14 at the moment. You have 14 and at you know, the moment. A few, yeah, yeah. A few of them are mine, and then a few of them are like co-owned with, some, with different partners okay. and stuff. I can't tell if we're underselling that or not, but that seems like incredible to me that you have that many properties and that you're managing that many things. Is that common amongst people that are really making a business out of Airbnb or are you kind of an outlier in that? No, you know what? I honestly don't. I feel like I have a pretty modest uh, Airbnb portfolio, but I will say that I would say most hosts that are like doing the thing and they're like, yeah, let's go probably Mm -hmm. are going to be in the one to five property range. So I definitely am like more advanced compared to like, you know, 
most, I guess I would say the majority of Airbnb owners. Mm -hmm. But then there are people that are like so far ahead of me, you know, like eons and eons. I don't know. Wrong word, but they're very, (laughs) very far ahead of me. And so, um, you know, I, I think... For me, I'm really proud of it. I'm, I have 14 yeah. now. I hope that, I mean, my goal is like year to date, like th- 365 from days from today. I wanna have 30 um, Airbnbs minimum. So I, I do plan on like doubling up wow. and that that's gonna happen through my tiny house village here in Tennessee and a few other investments that I'm working on right now. Okay. Um, but at this moment, yeah, I think I think it's a really great place to be for, for where I am, where I've been financially. And I think that's probably I like that. Like, I like that I, I'm here right now because I think I'm still at a point where I can help relate, to, like, where I can be relatable to people on YouTube and, like, say, hey, I'm still, like, working through this. I'm sure. still figuring out my business. I'm still scaling up. Here's what I've learned. I'm a normal guy. I promise I can help <laughs> you do this too. And I think people are like, okay, cool. Whereas if I had started my channel and I had, like, 200 units, it's not that I wouldn't be relatable, but. Yeah. I think it's just tougher for people to feel like they can get there. The totally, yeah. They're like, well, 200. I, I don't even know how to get one. Like, that would seem so impossible. And then they would probably just turn away from your videos in general because they're like, well, I can't do what he did, so I'm out. Rob, I have a story for you. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I told this in depth to you the first time we chatted, but I was going out to the East Coast to go and um, film a wedding with him out to New York and I, I like totally messed up and went to the wrong airport. So I ended up driving on the trip. It's stupid. But on the way home, I was, that's how I found your channel because I was binging some of your stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I, it's, it's so interesting to see the relatability you have. Um, because I, I feel the same way with starting my YouTube channel and us starting rally caps, which just kind of not really knowing anything at the beginning and that relatability factor seems to be something that people tend to trust you uh, so much more. I kind of wanted to use that as a segue into like with YouTube in general, do you feel like the start of starting Airbnb and doing that first garden apartment um, was the best decision you made for your business or starting a YouTube channel was, or is it just apples and oranges? Yeah, I think it's a little apples to oranges. I mean, Look, I've always wanted to start a YouTube channel. I would say for since college, you know, yeah. it was always something that like interested me and I was like, well, what would I even talk about? Like I really mm-hmm. would have had no YouTube channel other than like daily. Well, I mean, a lot of people have it, but I don't think I would have like had any kind of success at it, you know? Sure. And but being in creative advertising, when, you're probably like, that's exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just uh, it was always a desire, but I didn't have the the gimmick or not the the niche or the the content yeah. or the topic whatever mm-hmm. and um when i started doing the diy stuff in kansas city oh, um, yeah. a lot of people were like oh my god yeah you should do this you should do this and i you know i was just like I, i've kind of just always felt like i've been out of time um it's just like a i think it's just i'm adhd so i'm just always like mentally spread thin because i'm just always thinking of everything and working on a little bit of everything instead of like one thing so i just like I was really just trying to like make an extra 400 bucks a month making furniture. And so the thought of like recording mm. that was crazy to me. And so I, I in uh, LA when I was working at my last agency, um, I went and I sat down with a couple friends before we broke for the holiday, uh, December 23rd. And, you know, we were all sitting around talking about YouTube and I was like, well, you know, 
I've always wanted to start. They they said something about YouTubers. YouTubers make so much money, or blah blah blah. And I was like, well, you know, I've actually always wanted to start a channel. I want to be this like kind of weird, quirky take on DIY. And like at the same time, they were all like, dude, you you've got to do that. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and a week later, I shot my first video, and then a week later, I posted it. And it was January seventh, twenty twenty, like right before the mm. pandemic. And wow, that was. Very, very difficult for me, by the way, like to do that. And yeah. I, I quickly realized doing DIY is just, man, like my favorite guys on YouTube are Ben Ueda and Mike Montgomery from Homemade Builds and Homemade Modern. Yeah. Like, uh, or yeah. And so th- those two guys, um, no, Homemade Modern and man, modern you know builds? it doesn't matter. Both modern builds. There we yeah. go. <laughs> I guess I'm not that big of a fan. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, those guys like for me really inspired me like I, I watching their channels like in the past like you know five years um, I was like I want to do that I want to I want to do that you know and so I was like pretty bummed because I knew I had this like tiny house short-term rental business and I was like yeah I'm good at this and I could talk about this but I don't want to talk about that it's boring who wants to know about that I want to do like DIY I want to <laughs> do like homemade modern kind of thing right and so I was really cranking on homemade modern for that style, like the DIY and trying to be funny and trying to be me and stuff for six months. You know, I was really cranking on that for a long time and it just, you know, it was hard. It was like, I'm so glad I don't do that. niche. I've got a, way more respect for those guys now because like a two hour project now takes like 20 hours. Cause you're like, I was shooting on an iPhone and mm. <laughs> it was just like, not, not fun, you know? Um, and so basically I guess I'm, to answer your question, I, I know I recognize in retrospect, I could have answered this in probably 10 seconds or less, but here we are. We're, we've, we're on this journey together. It's not about the destination. Podcast is long um, form, baby. <laughs> but like, I guess like, um, I am really glad that it, it unfolded exactly how it did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't start a channel in college because it pro- I probably would have like not succeeded. Mm-hmm. I probably would have quit. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anyone to look up to on YouTube at that time. So I, I would have mm-hmm. never been able to learn how to become a YouTuber. And, you know, and then, you know, it, I couldn't have started a channel about Airbnb and tiny houses if I hadn't done it before. So yeah. truly, I am the result of absolute pure luck and hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I put in a lot of work to create my business. I created this channel. Uh, one of my videos about tiny houses went viral. Mm-hmm. Like one of the first videos that I ever made after, you know, like I had actually bought a nice camera and I was like trying to make good content. My really crappy video took off and that was the beginning mm-hmm. of it all. And I was like a little bummed. I was like, man, I don't want to be the tiny house guy. Like, it's like boring everyone like this is just like a boring niche for me you know like i thought or so i thought i honestly didn't really like look that that hard into it and then i guess i just had this like thought where i was like well i gotta make this niche what i want it to be i gotta make it what i want to be and i gotta make it fun and people want to hear what i have to say about you know airbnb and tiny houses and stuff and i was like so i should give this a shot and I went all in and I'm so glad I did. Like I was just in yeah. my head about it and I was like, it was dumb, but I'm really glad yeah. that I like had these epiphanies to myself. So, yeah. you know, it worked out. It all happened, um, you know, during the pandemic, which was like a, a really tough time for a lot of people. But for me, um, I think I was kind of start, starting to like understand myself as an entrepreneur, as a business person. And I wanted to show people how to achieve what I achieve because for the first time I was like, yeah, I'm not paying student loans anymore. Mm. I'm not, I'm not paying a mortgage. And it came at a time where I think a lot of people 
were rethinking their priorities of like, do I want to work a nine to five? Mm -hmm. Do I want this Airbnb that can make me one to $2,000 a month? If I had four of those, I could quit my job. I could spend more time with my family. And I think that just resonated uh, with a lot of people. And I think, like I said, I mean, I worked hard at it. It came at a time where the YouTube gods were like, yes, sir, we are promoting you. (laughs) And yeah, man, you know, I think if I had launched my channel two months or three months or four months earlier, or, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't think I'd be here. I don't think I wouldn't be talking on this podcast, I think. And before we hear more of Rob's genius and empire, we just have to pause real quick for our first sponsor, Musicbed. This episode of Rally Caps is brought to you by Musicbed, our favorite source for music licensing. You know, it's pretty surreal to partner with one of our favorite companies for Rally Caps. We've used their music for years and years on wedding films, on commercials, YouTube videos on my personal channel, and now we're even using their music for Rally Caps and extra innings on our Patreon. From the inception of an idea all the way to pressing publish, Musicbed plays an integral role in our entire creative process by providing amazing music to elevate all of our projects with. One of our favorite parts of Musicbed is how easy it is to use. Even with over 900 leading composers, bands, and singer-songwriters, it's so simple to navigate the site and find the perfect song for your project. You can search with specific attributes in mind, like the tempo, style, or instrument used, or even search specific keywords like cinematic, folk, or dope podcast intro. Well, maybe not the last one, but you get the point. Sometimes we just listen to the music on Musicbed for fun, because it's that good. And if you're a music nerd, you can search songs by key and match songs across two if you'd like to mix and match. You can start a free account on Musicbed and browse all the same music we love to find what suits you best. When you're ready to start a subscription, use the code ALLCAPSRALLYCAPS at checkout to receive your first month free when you purchase an annual subscription and start unlocking the full potential of your work. Thanks again to Musicbed for sponsoring this episode of RallyCaps. Now, back to the show. So who are some of your maybe favorite YouTubers that you followed and kind of took notes on and sourced inspiration from as you were deciding to build out like a set for yourself, uh, a whole look for your channel? I guess outside of the DIY people too, because I am interested in hearing like what other YouTubers inspire you outside of that too. For sure, man. Well, obviously like when I was first starting YouTube, it was YouTube bootcamp. Right. So a lot of Casey, uh, nice that. Oh yeah. And then, um, a lot of think media, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Catherine Manning. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, uh, channel makers was like another one. So like cool. those were really the, the start of it. That's like me just all I consumed was that. And mm-hmm. then I consumed a lot of like potato jet okay. and a lot of, um, uh, Daniel Schiffer nice. and okay. Peter McKinnon. And, um, there's one more guy that I'm forgetting that I really like. Maybe he'll come up to come up later, but <laughs> I, I was watching that. So that first six months of YouTube, it was like a masterclass on YouTube, right? That's all I consumed. Yeah. Then I started getting into like editorial stuff and like um, storytelling and, and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I was really becoming a fan of like Shelby Church, Monica Church. Mm-hmm. I really love their editing style. I think it's, it's really fun. Yeah. Graham Stephan, of course, mm-hmm. as I was like starting to step into more of the financial niche and everything like that. Uh, meet Kevin at that time as well. Like I was like consuming as much financial real estate as I could. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm out of like learning. And so I, I always say like when you're starting a channel, you want to emulate the greats. And so, uh, you know, take, take from the people you love. Right. Mm-hmm. And so first stage is learn it. Next stage is, you know, casually steal <laughs> and, and put your own spin on it. Uh-huh. And then now I just like YouTube is all like, it's like pure 
enjoyment for me now. And so now I watch, um, I watch a lot of, I don't know. Can I, can, can we just, I'm going to pull it up really fast because I do watch yeah, a lot of yeah, different absolutely. people. I like Captain, oh, Captain Sinbad. Sinbad. I just yeah, connected yeah, yeah, yeah. with him not awesome. too long ago. Love his channel. Uh, funny enough, I just started, oh, Julie Nolke, like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, big yeah. fan of that. Uh, Spencer Cornelia is one that I, I've really been watching a lot lately. <laughs> I just, I know it's like I'm like late to the game here, but I just started watching like Cody Ko. Yes. Uh, oh, nice. On YouTube too. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that is like the greatest, like you could just watch any, any episode, like any, any YouTube video of him. And I'm just like, I will watch that all night. And I had to, because for the past two or three months, I have been up at like two and six in the morning freaking crazy. burping my kid my, my wife oh, will feed him man. and then I, I will burp him and so like i have to stay awake when i have yep. a child in my hand and so like cody Co's like i would watch a lot of that <laughs> um but you know it's so weird my actual like homepage on youtube is like so many new uh, new faces that i don't really uh, recognize as much but yeah colin and samir are obviously like a really really great one too mm-hmm. uh from a creator economy standpoint oh, matt yeah. Devella, yeah. uh Ali Abdal, just, uh, Peter McKinnon. Oh, just all the people we're trying to get on our podcast. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> We just recorded Pretty a pitch much. for Colin and Samir like a couple days ago yeah. that we're, we're stoked on. Um, <laughs> do, tell, tell them about uh, how Noel like, ended up in your DMs. Wait, Noel Miller? Oh, man, yeah. I guess speaking of Cody Co- yeah, I got a, I got a message from um, Noel Miller, who's also like the no. name of my wife's cousin. So I was like, this isn't my <laughs> wife's cousin. And I was like, the... Noel Miller and he was like oh I can't really yeah he just reached out and um and I was like I watch your shit bro uh no I didn't say that I was just like oh yeah I, I, uh, yeah I, I've heard of you um yeah so uh yeah you know it's, it's really funny man it's, it's it's just weird the amount of YouTubers that I've you know I've, I've met I've met a few of like yeah tell my, the odd story YouTube. tell the odd story <laughs> there's not much of a story there oh, but on. you know yes, I uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so embarrassing because i don't think they don't know this but i went on this like this like oh man how do i even like oh, steven I doesn't know these things yet i don't i'm <laughs> okay, very excited okay, okay. to hear this <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not that like i got invited I, I i became friends with um with this youtuber and she's also an instagrammer her name is cassie debit call and you know we were chatting about real estate a lot and she was like hey you know i got this sponsorship with uh with with my friend shelby um, and yeah, we're going to have like a day out on a yacht if you want to come hang out. And I was like, I was like, well, I mean, I don't know. I, let me check my sketch. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can do it. Uh, and so anyways, I was like getting ready to go put like, I don't have like really a diversified, um, set of clothes. I <laughs> just like, <laughs> this is my shirt, this shirt right here. I have several of these in different colors. It's my YouTube uniform. I don't oh, straight away. So I'm, you, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, you know, that honestly, yeah, that, that was one of the reasons. Cause I was like, that's yep. smart. I'm going to start doing that. Um, great decision. Let's talk about that for a second. No, okay. no I'm just kidding. Um, so anyways, uh, so <laughs> ADHD. Um, so anyways, uh, okay. So I'm like, over here around and I'm like getting dressed and I'm like putting on different clothes. And I'm like, babe, what, what do you wear on a yacht? You know, like, I don't, yo, those pants are fine. And I'm like, are they wrinkly? Are they too wrinkly? No. Um, so I'm getting ready, whatever. And so she's like, Hey, yeah. Uh, so Cassie like sends me a text and she's like, Hey, yeah. So it's going to, uh, it's going to be like me, Shelby, uh, and, and Graham and then his girlfriend. And then I was like, uh, Graham who? And then she was like, or no, she said, and it's going to be Graham. And then I go, huh? and then my wife's like, what? And I was like, 
<laughs> like it was like literally audible. And I was like, um, I was like, crab stuffing is going to be on the yacht. She was, and she was like, you know, she doesn't like care as much as me about this stuff. Right. So, but she knew, she knew that that was like a cool thing for me. Cause like I, okay. I watch all of his videos and, um, and so anyways, uh, yeah. So I, I go on this yacht and I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm going to, and like I talked about this, like for so long with all of my best friends. And I was like, why the f- am I being invited to this? Like, I don't, what, who am I? I'm on, un- I had like 25,000 subscribers. I had just be like, this was like right after it became creator on the rise for YouTube for like a day. And okay. so I was like, you know, it was like a big month for me, but I was like, I'm a nobody. So this mm-hmm. is odd to me. And so we're all just like unpacking, like why? And they're like, well, do you think, is it like, a, <laughs> they were all like, you must, it must be like a, a YouTube cult or something. Or like, there must be some kind of cult that they're trying to enlist you in because you're right. You have no business on this. <laughs> oh my God. I've never talked about this. So anyways, okay. So I go on the boat, <laughs> I show up and I'm like trying to play it cool. And so, um, so like Graham and like Shelby, like come up and they're, they're like hey how's it going i'm shelby and i'm like oh yeah shelby last church church yeah yeah I, I think i've seen a video or two graham hmm, never heard of you and so i'm like having and they were you know they were the same well they you know they probably actually didn't know me except um so i'm like trying to hang out i'm like conversing with graham and i'm like yeah, yeah, man. So we're like talking about real estate. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I've got this channel. And he like, he's like, oh, cool, man. And so we're like talking and then like I would find myself like finishing sentences for him. Like <laughs> we were talking about editing and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a higher editor. Obviously, you've got an editor. And then I was like, what, if you had a channel, you probably do, which you don't because I don't know who you are, man. I've never seen you before in my life. Um, so anyways, like I was playing that game like all night right with, oh, with yeah. everyone on the yacht um <laughs> and so yeah the same thing with like shelby we were like chatting later and then she was like uh because she you know she was like yeah rob cool and i was like yeah shelby never heard of you you don't look familiar to me and, and like we we all went out to dinner afterwards and you know she was like she was like yeah you your, your tiny house video really blew up like when it came out and i was like so you have seen my videos <laughs> um and yeah, I, and now we're, you know, now, yeah. So anyways, uh, that was that story. So oh my god, I think we're friends now, but, um, <laughs> I think we're friends now. I, I th- like you in the YouTube way, right? Like I, I wouldn't, wouldn't text her, but I would say like, yeah, for sure. I know I, I've met them, I guess. Um, so anyways, that's, the, I hope to God that they never hear this, but in a, in a, in a, in a sense, I kind of hope they do. They do. That would be great. You know, that would be great for y'all because that means that they're listening to the podcast and maybe they'll come on. This is my, my, um, request for Graham, Stefan and Shelby church. Come on to the podcast oh, guys thanks. And, and ladies. It'd be really great. This is a great, po- it's a good time. I hope this is so not super far from what y'all had originally intended. <laughs> I love that in that story, you just say like normal phrases like, yeah. And then like, you know, we were just talking on the yacht. <laughs> you just kept being like on the yacht. <laughs> I, I word that story like differently to like everybody. If I if I ever tell it, I word it differently because like I'm always like, all right. Because that whole story, I mean, we've been doing that, talking about that for 50 minutes now. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right. So I try to like cut that down as like short as possible so that mm. people aren't like, what do you mean a yacht? You know? So I'm just always like, oh, I went, I, one time I met Shelby and Graham Stefan or whatever. And I just like keep it at that. But, yeah. um, 
<laughs> anyways, it's so much anyways, more enjoyable um, like coming from the creative perspective of people who actually know who they are. That's, I like that you started that by saying, "Oh, it's barely a story." That's an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's funny to me. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that that's yeah to me that was that was a really cool time for me, yeah. you know. And then I, I came home and I, my wife and my friends and everything, you know, they were like, "So, how much is the cult or whatever?" And I was like, "No, no, <laughs> they actually." just wanted to hang out you know and um yeah so that that was fun to me and yeah they were all like again i was like this is the thing with youtube is like you have imposter syndrome um as a youtuber at all times like you know and mm. I, and i have and i was on that yacht and i was like why why am i here kind of thing and everyone on there was like super big right and there's there's this one girl her name is um tara michelle she's got a great channel too and i didn't know who she was um so i, I was genuinely like Oh yeah, I don't know. This, this is a relief, you know. And <laughs> um, and so, anyways, at the end, I was like, "Yeah, so what do you do?" And she's like, "I'm a YouTuber." And I'm like, "Duh!" And oh, yeah, yeah, she's got like a huge channel. Like every channel she's on is huge. And yeah. I'm, you know, I was just like, everyone I was on the boat with had like, you know, just like very loyal, you know, hmm. like followings and and big, you know. And I was just like, like over a million. I'm like, why am I here? Um, <laughs> but that's the, you know. That's it's cool. It's cool. This is like talking about this to me is like it. All, I always realize, I always forget. I have to remind myself. Like literally, this is like a dream come true for me. Mm-hmm. Like meeting people like this and connecting with people. And um, you know, there there are other people that I've connected with that I've just been like this. This is crazy. You know, I, it's funny. I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, I feel like. <laughs> sorry, I, I'll let y'all talk. I promise. But this is <laughs> we me want time. you to keep talking. Um. Uh, <laughs> So I'm. Always, I feel like I'm always like either the a podcaster's like worst nightmare or biggest relief because they're like oh, we didn't have to we didn't have to probe at all. Um, yeah. But like I I did I had a consultation business for like a long time, and it was like I did it for like I guess nine months to a year. I can't really remember teaching people how to Airbnb and stuff. And it's funny because like a lot of people would be like, you know, I would flip it up, flip flip open the screen, and be like, hi, how's it going? And then they're like, wow. Th- it's you like it's crazy to like uh-huh. talk to you and i would like you know be like no man I'm, I'm, I'm a normal person you know and um it's funny because i've connected with youtubers that i'm a fan with and so mm-hmm. when i talk to them like on zoom like you know for the first time i'm always like wow this is it's crazy you're here like i'm like <laughs> in the same exact position so um so i'm still new to this uh but it's been a blast being here and i'm yeah. trying to be better about connecting with other YouTubers. I feel like I give myself the excuse that I live like in the middle of Tennessee and I shouldn't do that. But my therapist was like, why not? You should talk to other YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's probably very therapeutic for you. And I was like, it is like, I talked to you, Eric. Mm-hmm. I talked to my buddy, Corey from mission side hustle, another channel that I love. Oh, I love that and, one. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a great dude, man. And I, I'd consider him a friend. And cause you know, I think him and I, like we just, it's so easy to relate to other people and then when I talked to Nikhil, I was just like, same thing, you know? And I'm like, oh, I need to be better at this. But I mm. always, like, I'm always scared to reach out to the YouTubers. I'm like, why would they ever, if they're anything like me when it comes to responding to their inbox, they'll never get back to me. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, I've been, tr- I'm trying, I'm trying guys. I'm happy to be here and I'm trying. <laughs> well, I commend you for it because I'm lazy with it too. And I, I realize how much I'm missing out from honestly, just like relationship and yeah. just like, getting to know people on a personal level. Um, 
but just I've I've loved like being able to DM and text and just like send memes back and forth and that kind of stuff. It's just super fun. And it, it is true. Like when you when it becomes a significant part of your career, it's really hard to be able to relate to other people because it's just very few people kind of do it at the capacity we do. And so, yeah, it's just really nice to be able to relate to people and not just like, you know, your mom who's like, what do you, what do you do again? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And you like talk about it with your wife as much as he can. Right. But well, Hey, they're not going to always, they're not going to fully understand. They're going to try, but also like, they're not going to geek out with you in the right. same way that, that you are yeah, with like care. someone else. Yeah. Right. And so it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, really great thing to, to connect with other YouTubers. When you reached out or um, trying to remember the flow. Hey, of I things. commented on your video. Yeah. You commented on my video and I was like, oh, that's so funny. I guess he saw both of my comments on his video. Um, <laughs> all of the friends that I've made, by the way, on YouTube have been through comments. Like yeah. just commenting on people's videos, like surprisingly, that's how, the easiest way to connect with other YouTubers. Mm-hmm. But um, you commented, I was like, oh, you must've seen the other things. And then I think when we chatted, I was like, yeah, so you saw my comments on your video and then you're like, no. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a good coincidence. Um, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, it was your um, uh, the Some, like, every every income. filmmaker oh, every YouTuber, yeah, yeah, or every yeah. YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I commented. I was like, "This is so good." And then I think like a month later, I had watched it like three more times, and I was like, "Hey, by the way, I've I've watched this several times, and this is like the best video ever, or whatever." <laughs> no response. Just <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Ghosted. I'm Sorry, unsubscribed. Uh, yeah, but I'm... I've resubscribed since. Okay, good. <laughs> good. I could go on for days. I want to pivot back a, a bit into the Airbnb stuff and just kind of as we're starting to get the idea of maybe this being a part of our future and part of our business or whatever we're thinking as far as short-term rental properties. um, What are your thoughts on down payments? Like, do they need to be cash? This is like the hardest pivot ever. (laughs) I'm realizing I'm just like, let's completely change the conversation. Hey, I want you to know that was seamless. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah let's talk about it i, I want to talk about that with you um this is ba- i tell okay. this to everyone i'm like okay so this is where it turns into a consultation <laughs> <laughs> you could have just asked eric uh we text every day man you could have just texted me um okay cool um all right let's talk about it let's yeah. get let's get let's te- let's give some value to the audience yeah uh, which if you're listening, by the way, do me a favor after you're done listening, go to the Apple podcast or wherever Shut you wa- listen to your podcast and leave these guys a review because wow. they are bringing the fire content. <laughs> what today. a champ. This guy. Um, so, um, okay. So if you want to get into Airbnb and you want to buy a house, there are a few different options that you can take. Um, so there are primary residences, which is an FHA mm-hmm. and that is a three and a half percent down payment. Now, the problem with FHA is, is it has to be your primary house and you have to live in it full time. Mm-hmm. But after a year, you can then convert that into a rental. Mm-hmm. And so if you own a house and you're looking to get into a house, um, like a new house, you can convert your FHA house into an Airbnb. You can also try the house hacking method, which house hacking is basically when you rent out a room or a bonus space in your house or a tiny house in your backyard mm-hmm. or studio space underneath. And you use that to subsidize your mortgage. Um, and so basically let's, let's say you have like a, a $1,000 mortgage in some small town where mortgages are, are that much. And, um, 
and you rent out a room for four hundred dollars a month. That means that you're now going to pay six hundred dollars to live there because you're renting it to a roommate for four hundred dollars. That's house hacking. Mm-hmm. You can supercharge that concept of house hacking by Airbnb. So instead of charging someone long term, mm-hmm. you can charge someone a hundred dollars a night for ten nights, and that's a thousand dollars that you could make on one room in your house. Uh, if you just were to Airbnb a part of it. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to share space with people, pandemic, mm-hmm. strangers, murdering me at night, all that kind of, yeah, I get it. Uh, <laughs> been there, done that, the murdering part. And so um, <laughs> so in that regard, you might consider like a duplex and you know, you live in one side and then you, you could Airbnb the other side. Now, there are some nuances here that you'd want to work out with your, uh, with your mortgage broker to make sure that it's allowable. The FHA guidelines are changing every day. Um, so maybe you maybe you have to wait a year before you can Airbnb it, but that could be an option. So that's three and a half percent. Next would be um, a conventional loan, and that could be like a five percent down. And that you aren't necessarily mm-hmm. bound. Let me just say, I'm not a mortgage broker, and don't you dare sue me if you're listening to this. And um, <laughs> so talk to a mortgage broker. Um, but an FHA, uh, sorry, a conventional, you don't have to like adhere to the same type of guidelines. And so there's a little bit more flexibility. So a house hack would be a little bit more of a feasible option for you in that regard. Mm -hmm. But really the more popular loan options for people that are looking to get into Airbnbs are second homes and uh, investment properties. Mm -hmm. So a second home is also called a vacation home. And this is a house that you like can go and vacation to and enjoy part time. And theoretically like you you like, it's like you're, your getaway spot, right? Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing with the second home is you don't actually need a first home uh, to to get a second home loan. I know it's like kind of confusing. You could theoretically be renting a, a an apartment or a house and still get a second home loan if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now there there are some you, again talk to your mortgage broker about this, but there are definitely some some lines and guidelines that you'd want to adhere to because the uh, Fannie Mae guidelines for a second home specify that you have to occupy the property for a portion of the year. Hmm. There's not an exact date to that, but most brokers will tell you like two to three, th- two to three weeks out of the year. So if you're looking at buying a vacation home, uh, like for you, you live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a, 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 like where I just went in Wisconsin or Madison mm-hmm. or Milwaukee, you're like, Oh, I want to be on the outskirts here. And you wanted to get a second home. You've been thinking about doing that but you don't, you can't really justify the expense of buying a second home that you're going to be in for four weeks out of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, you could buy a second home and you are allowed to rent that as on a short-term rental basis. Okay. And a lot of people do that. And not only do they get to subsidize their mortgage, but they actually get to make money make doing money. it too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's always like an option for people. <laughs> and then the last one is going to be just a straight up investment loan. And that could be anywhere from a 15 to 25% down payment. And that's that where it chunky. starts getting very, very difficult. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, doubles how much you actually need. Yep. So you've got options no matter where you are in your journey, but um, check with your mortgage broker to make sure that, you're allowed to do it in your area and the, you're conforming to all the guidelines and everything like that. The, the more and more I listen to your channel, the more and more I'm realizing is we left our, we left our loft condo last year. We now have a long-term rental rental in there and we have a house out in the suburbs and we like, we renovated that place. And so it's like really swanky and we felt like we even undercharged um, on the monthly rental for that long-term renter. And I'm just looking at it, I'm going, the amount of equity, you know, we have probably have 35, upwards of 40% equity in the property now. And I'm going, would it be better just, I mean, like I've always banked on, oh, well, this is appreciating value. The neighborhood's awesome. Like it's growing all this stuff. And I'm like, 
is that really the best bang for our buck? Because we could sell this place and I could have a 15 to 20% down payment on like two properties somewhere else mm -hmm. and being in cash flowing it on Airbnb and making so much more money. And the hesitation was always like, don't sell the property because it's, you know, you want to get the appreciation of value. It's just like the, the Airbnb, if it cash flows, so the kind of numbers that you say with your properties, I'm like, it's a no brainer. So, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it usually is. I mean, it, it really is. And I would say for you in, in that scenario, what would make more sense to me, you have two different options. You could um, just convert it to a long-term rental or you could just do a cash out refi. Uh, right. That's what so, I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Cash out refi allows you to get 75%. Well, really up to 90%. It depends on your, your lender, but you could get feasibly up to 90% of the equity that you have in a house. So if yeah. you have $200,000 of equity in that condo, you could feasibly get up to $180,000. Yeah. Um, back. And, but now your new loan on that condo is going to be $180,000 more because you're pulling right. it out or whatever. But so long as you're cash flowing on the Airbnb side of things, no problem. awesome. Yeah. And then you've got this 180 that if you were to even just do it as a, as a 20% down payment, that $180,000 could buy you up to like $800,000 of, Right. of houses, right. you know, which could be two, maybe even three, depending on your strategy. Right. You're so, just like dispersing um, the equity and then cash flowing all those properties. Exactly. And yeah. you do that a few times and you know, like that's a real, that's a real business for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, what's the difference between cash out refi and a home equity line of credit? Yeah. So the, a, a cash out refi, for example, would be, you are taking that out and you're adding it to like your your debt on that house already so you're and then you're amortizing it over 30 years so your actual payment isn't going to change mm -hmm. like significantly like let's say you have um a hundred thousand dollar house mm -hmm. and hmm, i want to boil this down simply let's just say that you have a house you take out a home equity line of credit you're going to just do a whole new loan and you're going to amortize that over 30 percent at a pretty low interest rate right now interest mm -hmm. rates are like two and a half to three and a half percent yeah but on home equity line of credit, you're keeping your existing debt on that house, that, that loan that you originally got stays intact, and then you're getting a whole nother loan. It's like a line of credit. So you, you'll you have, like if you have $200,000 of approved equity, you'll get that as a credit line, and it's, it's uh, amortized a lot differently. Like mine is 10 years, and it's basically like a, a loan that you can choose as much or as little as you want. So you don't necessarily have to take all $200,000 out if you don't want to, you could spend mm. $20,000 to remodel your kitchen and you're only gonna mm. pay interest on that $20,000, but not on that you know, $180,000 that you have left over. And so it's like yeah. a credit card. So what you use, you'll pay interest on and then you can kind of keep it tucked away for a rainy day. So I, I have a $120,000 mm. line of credit on my LA house. I like to just have that. I could go and use that tomorrow to buy some cheap flip, flip it, pay it all with my HELOC. And then once I sell that house, pay the HELOC off and start over if I wanted to. Epic, yeah. And Rob, real quick, can you define what a HELOC is for me? <laughs> Home equity line of credit, HELOC, yeah. Excellent, yes. very good, very good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was like, that's an awesome sounding yeah, word. I have no idea what that <laughs> <Sorry>. means. <laughs> yeah. That was in hey, my man, original that question. That is what the Rally Caps podcast is all about. Awesome sounding words. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> I got to say, uh, I was watching your most recent videos, maybe like an hour before we started recording. Cause I was like, 
Nice, Rob nice. and I haven't really uh, chatted that much. I kind of <laughs> want to get a feel for, for what he does. Mm-hmm. I think the most recent video that you posted was about loans and you recorded that video in the room that we're talking to you in right now. So and he's you, having the you basically moment. said like every single thing in that video, almost word for word. I'm like, man, he nailed it. Like that's so like he delivered it live just, just as good as he did in, in the video yeah. too. I'm like, that's amazing. It, uh, it's he locked in his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it's dome rocked. That's a new term I heard about recently. Dome rocking. Have you heard that? No. No. I, I'm still learning what it means. I it basically means I'm like, like borderline <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> with it. Oh, <laughs> Okay, I think it's whenever. Well, okay, I've heard it a couple ways. <laughs> Urban dome rock dictionary, real quick. Oh yeah, and you blow their mind is like a dome rock. But I think the actual use of it is when you say something that really sticks with somebody in a bad way. Like if you're like, okay, hey man, I really, I really like what you're doing with the scraggly beard. You know, <laughs> then like all day you'd be like, I thought my beard was good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Honestly, wrong use of that term, but um, I'm glad that yeah. you like the videos. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm loving them. One of the, I think maybe uh, two or three weeks ago, you also posted a video about uh, how you're projected to make a million dollars in 2021, which is an incredible accomplishment for one. Congratulations on that. That's, thank you. Thank you. It's unbelievable. Um, in that video, you're kind of almost working through like the thought process of that on the spot, kind of just like appreciating what it meant, how that's been a goal of yours and how it's actually going to happen this year and come to fruition. Now that you've had a little bit more time to let that like sink in a little bit more, do you have any more thoughts you wanted to expand on from that video or like any anything else that's kind of just come up as you've been able to sit in it and accept that as like your reality for this year? Yeah, man. Sure. That's that's a good one. Um, first of all, let me ask something. Do you have a YouTube channel? I probably should have done some research before this. <laughs> I do. And it has 300 <laughs> hundred subscribers. <clears throat> hey, that's yeah. okay. That is totally yeah, fine, no, man. I do. I'm going to sub right after this. Wow. That's um, very kind of you. Okay. Well, you know what? I don't feel that bad because you did just say that you watch my videos an hour before this. Yeah. Don't so feel bad at all. We're like, you know, we're, <laughs> we're pretty close. We're new fast um, friends is what's happening right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fast friends. That's great. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about that video. All right. So that video is very, very funny to me. Um, <laughs> okay. I had, uh, so the, the video like you're talking about, I'm talking about how I'm making a million dollars and I'm not happier as a result, mm-hmm. but I am happy. Um, but it's not like I'm making all this money and I'm like, Oh yeah, I f- finally I did it because yeah. I've already, you know, I've been working towards this for a while and I was already making enough money with my wife to buy, you know, sushi and like shrimp at the store and, you know, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. nice toaster oven yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> the, these are the small uh, things in life for us. Right. So, th- but these are things that like, all right, let's talk about that for a second. I have always bought shitty toaster ovens like my whole life and so like the ten dollar one that like burns your toast every single time it's terrible and so when i when when we moved to to gatlinburg i was like we are gonna buy the nicest toaster oven money can buy and we spent like two hundred dollars on a toaster oven and honestly it was worth it and i don't regret it and i'm unapologetic about it um but anyways so so that's where we're at with with that so anyways we make enough money now to where we can afford those simplicities and those things. And so making more money 
hasn't really changed much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more money, and so obviously I'm more secure, and I'm happier about being more secure, mm-hmm. and also recognize highly privileged to make this amount of money. Mm-hmm. So um, very real conversations with myself and reflections. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like kind of reflecting on that in this video and talking about like you know like Graham Stephens and Ryan Pineda's and um, Meet Kevin's and Andre Jicks. Like those guys talk about money and they're like total pros and they have a lot of it. And I'm like, eh. I was hoping that I would be like as you know. Uh, eloquent about this kind of thing and like, you know, smart and educated on it, but I'm really just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. That's like the premise of this video. Mm. But if you, and I'm like, I'm happy in this, you know, Hey, I just want you to know I'm not happier because of the money, but I am happy, you know? Mm -hmm. However, if you watch the video, I do look a little like bummed out and somber in it a little bit. (laughs) And so I, I had to like, I had to like uh, put an insert in there and I was like, hey, by the way, um, I know that I just said I'm happy and I looked really, really not in the video. I am. I recorded this video at 2 a.m. Um, and so uh, that was yeah. my favorite so part of the video, friends. by the way. It was great. <laughs> and I had a couple of friends reach out and they're like, hey, man, if, if you ever need to talk, I, I'm here for you. And I, I genuinely appreciated it. And I was like, guys. I'm fine. Like I, I really am. I just, I, I can't, re- I, I just record at 3 a.m. and it's like yep. really hard for me, you know? Yeah. And so that kind of was like a little bit of a wake up call for me to, um, start recording at like noon mm-hmm. on Monday. <laughs> so I, I've kind of set the priority moving forward. I will always record during the day mm-hmm. cause I always do look a little bummed out sometimes at night, but I, I still cancel it out with like some quirkiness here and there. <laughs> so, um, so I, I recently actually like after I talked to Eric for a bit, I was like kind of thinking about taking, uh, going to therapy and stuff. And I, a bunch of YouTubers like were recommending better help and I'm like easily influenced. I was like, well, okay, that sounds great. And I've been doing that. Um, and so like, I was like talking to my, my therapist and cause I have a, like, I'm very, I'm like, I'm busy and it's not sustainable. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I just want to preemptively get into therapy and like, I don't know, talk. I hear it's cool. I hear it makes you happier. And so I started doing that and <laughs> like, uh, so I, started, I talked about that in the video too. And, um, which it's just like, it sounds like, it sounds like a little bit of BS to some people, I think too, to be like, well, I went to therapy for no reason. But I honestly, like it, it really is what it was. And I, I went yeah. to my therapist and I was like, yeah, right. So I heard this is supposed to be a good thing. And she's like, is there anything that you're struggling with? And I was like, no, I, I think I'm happy. And then she was like, huh, that's no one ever does that. That's weird. <laughs> And so, um, and so I like have been doing this for a couple of weeks and I talked to her about this video and I was like, told her, ah, oh, you know, it's so funny. I like told them all the things I'm telling you. And I'm like, uh, you know, and people reached out and they're like, are you okay? And then she started really just peeling the layers back and the onions back. And she was like, well, do you think they were seeing something in you that maybe you don't see? And I was like, hmm. um, I don't think so. She's like, are you sure you're okay? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> and I really don't know. Like, it's been like really just an interesting journey for me because like last week she's like, I don't know. I just, are you sure you're not protecting yourself? And like, what are you? She's like, I have to ask this, but what aren't you telling me? And I was like, I, I thought it was fine, but you're in my head now, you know? And so, um, and so, yeah, like that, that's what therapy has been like, but I think it's good. I think it's really good to question what you tell yourself and what you tell yourself that you're feeling and stuff. Like, cause I'm like, I genuinely, genuinely do think, happy, optimistic, and positive, but I'm highly stressed and highly busy and like spread thin. And I recognize that. And I've got like way more gray hairs than I did like two months ago. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. yes, I'm happy, but that doesn't mean I can't fix things. And so, yeah. uh, I've been working through that cause I've been like talking to my therapist about, 
I was like, yeah, I just don't know what my money relation, what my relationship is with money now. And like, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be, um, this monumental like thing for me and it's not. And I was like kind of surprised by that. So do I have more to talk about it? I, you know, yeah, I just, I think I'm constantly evolving in my big mindset shift that I've really discovered, which I would have talked about in this video, but I was like, well, I'll just leave that for another one. Cause I need the content. Um, <laughs> but like time is like crazy valuable to me mm-hmm. now in a way that I never imagined. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of why I quit my consultation business, like, mm-hmm. or why I shut it down. It was really successful and I was booked a month in advance and it was going really, really, really great. But you know, I just was booked at all times, like on the computer answering the same thing over and over again. And I just didn't feel like it was using my time super, super well. And so what I've been working on in my journey is like cutting out things in my life that don't need to be there and Mm. organizing myself in ways that I've never organized before and having a schedule because I left this nine to five job thinking I'd have more time for my family. Mm-hmm. It's actually not true at all because I've mm-hmm. completely gone the opposite direction as an entrepreneur yep. and, and living that stereotypical, like work 80 days to avoid work 80 hours to avoid working 40 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's been me. And so I've really been just wrestling with like, okay, now that money's not as important to me. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. What can I do that's going to make me happier? And so I've been talking with my wife about it and saying like, okay, Let's have a schedule. Me working 15 minute chunks all day in the living room with everybody in the room. It's not efficient and I'm going to bed at three and that's mm-hmm. not good for me and it's not going to be good for the kids and not good for you because I'm not actually ever here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have really been working on just being organized and efficient and like having a to-do list. And so Ali Abdal and um, Nikhil Captain Sinbad, like those mm-hmm. cha- uh, and Matt Davala, like those types of channels, I've been consuming them like crazy because I'm like, I need to be productive mm-hmm. in a good way. And so I've been really just working on like taking money out of things and prioritizing time over that. And so, um, you know, I- I'm still really figuring that out. Like I-, I have a lot of things that I'm starting to do to like work on that. And like, for example, I'm trying to like keep my desk clean, which is a very difficult thing for me to do. I just bought this like, water bottle there we go to remind myself to drink. i don't drink water same at all like if it were up to me i would drink like sparkling water all day but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. other th- if i don't have that then i'm like i don't want it <laughs> and so um so yeah i bought that and now i drink like a lot of water every day and so and now we're on a diet and now i've got like a a, a routine every day like from 11 to 5 with like a 15 minute break to go put my daughter my daughter down for a nap that's my work schedule i'm turning off at 5 no one's going to talk to me about yep. work anymore mm-hmm. after that. I am going to record YouTube videos at 12 o'clock every single Monday without fail, no exception. Mm. And so genu- genuinely, I'm like, okay, I should have done this a lot, a lot, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all of this epiphany and me trying to figure this out was also during the newborn stage of my son being born, which I, I wish was more fun for me, mm-hmm. but it was really hard for me and my wife because like when you have your first kid, it's like the honeymoon stage and you like, you love everything and you're learning everything. And it's like, it's all cute and great. But when you have your, your second one, everyone says this is the big change. It's like, you're having to 
to focus on, on your first one, making sure that they're not feeling jealous and they're starting to throw tantrums because they're jealous. Mm -hmm. And then this one's like crying and we've got to tend to this one. I'm waking up several times a night and I'm not getting a good night's rest. And I, you know, I'm working 80 hours a week and then I want to help my wife, my wife and I feel guilt. And so it's like this whole past two months have been not a good, not a good thing for me in terms Mm -hmm. of like spread thinness, Mm -hmm. which is a real term. And now that we're through it and now my son is like, you know, he's like, we've calibrated to this life and things are finally going good. I'm organized and I'm like, Oh my goodness. The reason I was in this funk, like that, I, that, you know, the past two months I was like, I was like, why I I was like, I feel happy, but why do I still feel like I'm in a, in a funk? And then I was like, Oh, I wasn't sleeping at night. (laughs) Duh. Um, and so now that I'm like sleeping through the night again, I'm like, and I'm organized. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ah, man, it feels good to be here. Yeah, changes everything. I'm in the I'm in the process of that reckoning right now too, and him moving here is going to be a huge help because he is very similar to what you have been going through with watching Ali Abdal and the organization and schedules and all that. So I'm excited to just like take a full on course from Steven and help <laughs> with that in my life. As I, I mean, I'm launching a course in October. Mm-hmm. I know you're launching your course at the end of the month similar to kind of what you were talking about. It's like, what's worth my time consultation mm-hmm. and, and workshops sort of stuff. Or is it like building this asset that could be sold to virtually anybody, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but yeah. And it's better. That's the thing. Right. It's so yeah. much better. Like the of course, like they get eight hours of me instead of like one hour that's yep. like in and out and not yeah. really getting to answer all right. the requests, you know? And so I, I'm happy that you've gotten in. Did you just hire an editor too? Yes. Yeah. All right. Braxton. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh Good. yeah. Congratulations. I also hired my editor full time and I hired an assistant full time too. And nice. again, those were like not cheap decisions yep. to make, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm happier <laughs> because oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, convenience is happiness. I think that's Delegate. what I figured out as an adult. Yep. Um, wow. Yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to keep you too long, but we do also want to plug your course for anybody that's listening or interested. Do you want to just give a quick elevator pitch on that yeah sure so i am launching the raw built host camp which is uh, a six-week all-intensive airbnb program if you want to learn how to start an airbnb business from the ground up and learn everything there is to know from comping different markets what type of units you can airbnb what your returns are going to be how to furnish it how to respond to people, what happens when your A-frame burns down, <laughs> what happens when one of your Airbnb guests pass out in the back of an Uber and you have to carry them up to your house, those types of <laughs> scenarios. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a live experience. Every single week, I'm going to be doing a live coaching call. And when I'm not doing a live coaching call, I'm going to have industry experts coming in to speak about things that they specialize in. Like, I know a guy that has a thousand apartments. I'm going to try to have mm-hmm. him on and talk about how he was able to scale up to that. Because, you know, like people that I look up to basically... Um, and so, yeah, I think for me, I have been recording this for like months, mm-hmm. uh, like from like midnight to three, it's like 80 hours, sorry, it's 80 videos and it, it should be about six to eight hours. And then with all the live content, it's going to be about 14, 15 hours total. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely believe that if you're serious about starting an Airbnb business and that's something you want to do, uh, if you take the program, then at the end of it. I think you're going to know how to, I don't think there will be any question marks really. Mm-hmm. That's it. Awesome. No place to buy. Oh, well, I guess it rawbuilthostcamp.com. That's and that will R-O-B-U-I-L-T. also be 
And that will also be linked in the description as mm -hmm. well. It launches okay, August cool. 30th, right? It, yes, let me look at my calendar. I'm pretty sure. I guess I should know that. It's like I'm trying to avoid not thinking about it because it's going to be crazy. Uh, the, the mental toll of a launch is I've done it one time and it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, August 30th. Beautiful. Um, and it's only going to be open enrollment for one week. So on, dang it, I should have just kept it open. On September 6th, enrollment closes and that will be the first cohort. We call them the founding members. These will be people that actually get to be a part of the live experience and they'll get to shape that program for every other cohort and student class moving forward, which I'm not even sure when that will be. I'm just focusing on the first one. Uh, host Glamp Camp was my first program. That was a glamping based program. That was about four months ago. And that one, you know, I'm probably not going to open that one up for another six to eight months. So I'm focusing on this Airbnb intensive for now and I'm excited about it. It's going to be cool. Epic. Okay. Uh, last part is uh, what we call batting practice. So we just ask you questions really fast and you have to answer them really fast. And if you don't answer them fast enough, we will move to the next one. All right, let's go. Favorite running shoe brand? Mm, Adidas. How many Airbnb properties do you have? 14. Uh, Graham Stephan or Andre Jick? Graham Stephan. Why? Uh, I just like his content. Or hot dogs? Or I think I like his style. Sandwiches? Yeah. Do you cut your own hair? My wife does. Glamping or normal camping? Glamping. Why? Because I don't like to poop in the ground. <laughs> What, what hair product do you use? Uh, like a nice fiber wax. Favorite song from Inside by Bo Burnham? Uh, comedy. Favorite seafood? Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. What did you ask, Gary? Favorite seafood? Favorite All seafood. Right, one more time. <laughs> oh, oh, scallop. Oh. Scallop. For the love of God, scallop. Can you hear me? Internet, help me. If you can hear me, I'm already dead. Where do you buy your socks? Bombas. Iced or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Iced or hot preparation H? Mm, iced, obviously. <laughs> Best indie band? John Mayer. Not really. I don't know. Tennessee or Siberia? Uh, Tennessee. Best cryptocurrency? Bitcoin. Have you ever farted and it was definitely more than a fart? Yeah, several times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Perfect. I think I think that's a perfect uh, 14 out of 14. Yeah. How, however many questions and however many internet connection drops we had. That was perfect. <laughs> Well, yeah, we got Wait, it. is this still going on? Is the, is the podcast still going on? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll just turn off my camera now. All right. <laughs> fantastic. Beautiful. Well, we, we just wanted to publicly on the podcast. Thank you. You just like shared so freaking much. It felt like a workshop from you in this episode. And I'm sure lots of people will be very stoked to hear from you as well. I feel like it's, there's at least in our world, not a lot of people know about you because they're not necessarily acquainted, but there's so many people in the creative photo film world that want to get into short-term rental for sure. And they love design and they love all that stuff. So I think it'll be really cool for them to hear from you and we thank you and we love you a lot. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, have me on again sometime. Don't, oh, yeah. don't feel like, you know, don't feel like, Hey, I know it's only been, Two yeah. weeks, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can have me on anytime. I'm happy to do this. Amazing. We're just hanging out. We should Let's do a happy hour version. We hang, oh, yeah, we hang out like at your Wisconsin Airbnb or something. Oh, that would be that would be epic. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, if you watch this video on YouTube, make sure to like it and subscribe to our channel. Turn on the bell. All the YouTube things. And if you're uh, listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite streaming platform of choice, uh, please leave us a review as well. It really does help to push the show out to more and more people who can really benefit from it.
Rob Belt, find him on YouTube. Subscribe, like, algorithm. Notification bell. Mm. Occasional comment. Oh. Long and thoughtful, you know, long and thoughtful (laughs) comment. I read every single one. (laughs) I love it. I love your responses to people's comments. They're just like, I learned so much from this. I just like love you. And you're like, this feels right. <laughs> you know, just, I'm like, you know, I'm not sure about this relationship, but this feels right. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or if it's like a really mean comment, I just heart them. Heart, <laughs> love you, pal. It's okay. I'm sorry that you're mad. <laughs> Rob, thanks so much, man. We appreciate your time. Happy to be here. <laughs>